Welcome everyone. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the TZR podcast, episode two hundred and twenty-one. My voice can sound pretty good sometimes. I'm your host, Justin Skirbo, and today I'm joined by Alex Shock. Hi. And Justin Chow. Twenty twenty one. We're close. We'll, we'll have yeah. to see uh, we'll have to see Liz another time. She's uh, unavailable this week, but that's okay. Yep. We'll press on. We'll press on, gentlemen. Boys club. Boys Girls style. Club. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a few different news topics this week. I'm, I feel like we've also been playing a lot of interesting games, or at least I certainly have been. Have you guys been playing interesting games this week? I got into Final Fantasy Nine. Very hard. Yeah. I, I had no idea that I was going to uh that I was in such need for storytelling of a JRPG variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has gotten me. And I'm I'm happy about it. This energy is making me think I can actually fucking finish this game now. Yeah. It's it's long. When you told me where you were, I I actually like looked it up in a walkthrough and I was like, okay. Like there's still a lot of game in front Dude, of me, but I like just, the best parts are Right. So I cool. just kidnapped Garnet kidnapped, quote unquote, and then uh got out of the forest. That yes. was like it, and I was like, I feel like I've just played the first twenty minutes, and I look at the hour, like the hours, I'm like five hours in. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. whoa. When you go to to the next city, Lindblom, Lindblom, I just got there. Ooh, isn't the music so great? It's pretty great. It's like it's like something's going on in this and town. I, definitely, I don't know what's going on in this town, but something's going on. in this I town. definitely understand the whole like uh, European, like <clears throat> you know, Great Britain style architecture yeah. idea because that is literally like verbatim. I'm looking down the streets, and I'm like. I see exactly what you're going for with the stone buildings and the apartments and the yeah. levels of the city. Very as, cool. As we were talking about it, I was remembering, like, I've replayed this, this game multiple times. And, like, every time I'm, like, so excited to get to the next town because, like, the music is so good. And it's, like, you hear the battle music, like, a billion times and the boss music and all that sort of stuff. But it's really, like, the the cities like the different like landmark areas that you go to that yeah. really helps like shape the whole like personality of the world and the music plays such a heavy hand in that the world is doing a good job with like building that immersion like certain signs say like there's a like certain npcs just hint that there's a festival coming and then even outside like one of the train stations it even says like the schedule is going to be running differently for the next two days because of the festival and it's like everything's playing a part it's nice mm. it's nice to have a a full RPG after oh, coming off the, the backs of like cyberpunk. Festival. And I'm like, all of this shit is fake. Nothing works together. And it doesn't make me feel like I'm actually playing in a living city. Yeah. That, that is actually an interesting comparison. I've, I've been thinking about cyberpunk again lately only because I'm like, I, I feel like I've just been like, it's been very vacant in the game space. You know, I feel like I'm playing a lot of old games and stuff. And I think back and I'm like, no, we should have been playing cyberpunk right now. I know we yeah, mentioned we this on, on like last week's podcast and stuff, but like, it it's like i don't know it's like every time i think about it it's like almost more disappointing because i'm like not only am i not playing it but like i know what it is and i can't imagine it being fixed to a point where it's going to fundamentally change the type of game that it is right and and that's the problem you you know it was interesting too just yet another fallout of all of this i'm sure that there were games scheduled to be released that avoided the launch date of cyberpunk oh for sure so now there's just been left there's just <laughs> this void interesting there's mm-hmm. just this void there when now. you like prepare for a giant meteor to hit earth but then it's like a speck <laughs> and you're yeah. like oh shit what do we do with all this food right <laughs> so, <laughs> so much toilet now. paper yeah uh that's an interesting thing a new game did come out this week though that i've been absolutely smashing no no what? i've only mentioned it about a hundred times and every time you guys have been like don't care. You're the only one that cares. 
You're not talking about the Ninja Gaiden game. No, <laughs> I'm talking about Mario Party. New Mario, Mario 3D oh. Land Plus Bowser's oh, yeah. Fury. I totally oh, forgot that, that came out this week. That came out this week. Oh. Uh, it is fantastic. So, quick, quick review. Um, well, I guess like a full a full review because like I've beaten 3D World already, not this version, but the Wii U, and then I've already completed Bowser's Fury 100%. Bowser's Fury. Personally, I think is really, really good. It's basically it feels like it's DLC for Odyssey. It's like a it's a big open world. There's like a hundred like shine or moon equivalents that you find in that area, which was more than I figured would be in there. Um, but like it's just cool. It's just like you explore. There's very competent puzzles there. It's like fun to move from place to place. It's not like so overwhelmingly huge. Um, it just feels like it's a nice, like self-contained little game. Are the puzzles still fun, even if you've beaten the game before and know the, all the puzzles? So Bowser's Fury is all new. Oh, I so uh, I those puzzles are, yeah. I mean, like th- those were great. In um, let me, let, so I'll, I'll finish on Bowser's Fury before jumping into 3D World. So all of the puzzles and stuff in Bowser's Fury are cool. Felt like I got a good amount of game out yeah, of that okay. little addition. Uh, the big thing was the fights between giant scary Bowser and Super Saiyan uh, Mario Cat. Do, do, oh, yeah, do, yeah, do, yeah. Do yeah. So uh, <laughs> not as exciting oh, as they made it out to be, but uh, it's like, you know, you're just running up to him and hitting Y, you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing crazy. That's great. Um, but it's like a spectacle, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so that was all very fun. Now, 3D World. What's awesome about 3D World is while it is 100% a a like total carbon copy of the Wii U one, like almost to a fault. Like it is, it is exactly the same. Like they did almost nothing except one major change that they did to it is that they completely changed the speed of all characters. So in the Wii U one, you your characters moved at a certain speed. And in this game, they're easily, and I'm not exaggerating, like three to four times as fast as they were in that one. So you are flying through these levels. Like like in a way that's almost like hard to control when you're originally when you're when you're playing it. Um, like when Ali and I started, because we had played through the, the Wii U version together completely, and we were actually like really excited to start this one up again. And within the first two seconds, we're all like, "Oh, like you know, we got to get this horse under control. Like sort this is weird." You know, sort of like when we were running in um, Spelunky too. Like yes. how it defaults to run, you're like, yeah. this is too quick. It, that's exactly what it is. Because like you know, so much of Mario is precise platforming. So right. like you know, uh, changing the momentum of the character is like it's such a, a radical shift. Um, so that in regards to the puzzles that I've done before and now doing again, uh, it's actually just as interesting. I mean, those levels like you guys have not played 3D Worlds, correct? Mm, no. So it it is like level design wise one of the most like sound like developed games ever like every level has such perfect pacing to it perfect level of challenge for all of the the puzzles and platforming things like there's secrets in really interesting areas like it's very very tightly designed it's probably one of the most tightly designed mario games i've ever played um so that makes it super fun and now like you know, using this new, like, momentum and speed through it makes it a lot more interesting again. And uh, honestly, like, even if I were to just replay the original one, the, the levels are just so perfectly designed that it's, like, it would be fun to go through them again, you know? Yeah. It's also been long enough where it's, like, I don't really remember all of them, per se. See, it's funny. I didn't get that platforming, like, I, I don't know. I feel like I haven't really understood platformers until, like, probably Astrobot's Playroom. And then mm-hmm. during that, I was, like, 
oh, like Spyro. And then I was like, oh, that's why everybody wants Spyro back. And oh, I totally forgot that I like these games. For some reason, I don't know why Odyssey did not do that for me. But um, hearing about what you're saying with like these platforming games, like I feel like I was kind of feeling it with Sunshine. I think it's more in my realm for like the exploration aspect of platformers and like how to kind of not necessarily cheat it, but like how you go around these puzzles seem fun. When I start thinking about replaying them, though, I'm like, well, if you already know the puzzles, I feel like I, if there's not the exploration aspect, mm. like for instance, like what speedrunners found out with like Super Mario 64, yeah, and like breaking the game and like doing things differently, and it keeps giving, and like I feel like without that feeling, it like the replayability would be so, uh, I don't know, I'm not hampered, but. It depends if you remember the puzzles or not. Yeah, I mean, I, that's really I mean, the key, yeah, right? So. What's, what's especially interesting with Mario games in particular, in this one in particular, so unlike Odyssey or 64 or Sunshine or Galaxy, like, 3D World is very level-based. Like, you start a level at the beginning, and then you end at the flag. And right. like, that's that's it. And, like, within that space is just very tightly designed, interesting puzzles that you have to go through. But there's not necessarily one way to do everything. Like, obviously, there's an intended path, sure. but you don't have to do that specific thing. Now, what's interesting and keeps it varied and, and cool and kind of encourages that sort of sort of like speedrunner mentality is well, one now that the game's speed has dramatically changed, like things that you used to have to like wait for platforms for, you could just jump over canyons now because what? you can move so much faster. Oh wow! But then also like the uh, the power ups play a massive role in how you traverse a level. Like the abilities that you have with the cat suit, like are fundamentally different than how you run around just as normal mario like you can climb up walls there's this crazy like dive jump thing like there's a lot of cool things that you can do that like you know depending on your situation do you have that power up do you have the tanuki suit do you have the fire flower thing like there's just a million different things that you could be doing at any time yeah um i think that make it varied and fun and interesting i think with the uh what you call with that like reignited thought of like platformers, I'd be more open to trying 3D World because like when you're saying like it's like a perfect platformer, yeah, I feel like I need to I need to know what that means. Well, actually, you know what I mean, what what's cool about this one too is that it, it it's drop in drop out multiplayer, so like you can play up to four players. So like even after That's this podcast, cool. if you want to just blast through a level real quick, like we. You know, all four of us can sit down. Oh, and yeah, try. I do remember seeing that. That and was the like ca- the allure of like 3D World. Yeah, and and what's fun is like the characters actually react differently. So like Toad is the fastest; he can run faster than anyone else. Mario has like the longest or the highest jump. Luigi has the longest jump, uh, and then Peach can like float like Mario oh, 2 yeah, style. Like Mario too. Yeah, so you That's know, cool. so that also plays a role in how you tackle each levels. Different characters. Yeah. Per- oh. Well, you have access to all of the characters right away. Yeah. So, so you it's can like whoever you want. It's right like Mario 2. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. That's yeah. kind of interesting. It's really, really cool. And then, I mean, what makes it such a... like? So, Ali and I have basically been playing through an entire world per day. So, it's like, you know, one day we'll just blast all through World 1, which is like yeah. eight stages. And what's cool is, like, each of the different stages are so varied and interesting that it makes it more fun to, like, try... Like, because you're like, oh, let's just see the next level. And then the next level's, like, already over by the time you're, like you're in it where you're like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Eh, let's just do another one. And it becomes like this very quick thing. And then it changes it up by having like, you know, little games of chance or like they mix in some Captain Toad levels. So there's like some puzzle platforming stuff. Um, it's it's just a really good game. Like if, if you're, I don't know, like I like Mario games a lot, like a lot, a lot. And this game is probably top three. 
Yeah. Top three out of like all of them. Oh, wow. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, for me, it would probably be like 64 Galaxy and then this. Um, Like, it's it's really, really good. Um, Did we have like a video? (laughs) That was one of our video ideas back in the day, like best Mario. We had to like come up with an argument. We had a couple of those, yeah. 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 Just popped into my head. What was the best? Oh, yeah. 64 is what I chose. 64 probably, but, but like so much of that is nostalgia, you know yeah, what I mean? 100% that's nostalgia. You go back to that game and I'm like, eh, I've seen it before. I think yeah. I just, I chose the first one, um, both yeah. because I have good memories of it and 64 was already chosen. I made an argument. I would say like pound for pound, like if you were, if one of the scales there was like, like fun per minute you yeah. know what i mean like in mario it's like you're having fun but like you'll hit some shitty stars or you'll be like trying to get 100 coins or, or whatever right and then in like odyssey you're just kind of like walking around trying to figure out what you're doing with 3d world it's like you always know what you should be doing so like the amount of fun per minute is way 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 higher because there's like there's no downtime there's no confusion about what you should it- or could be doing you're always moving forward which is like really it's satisfying. It feels like good progression. Is that an actual stat? Like, can we make that stat? FPMs? Yeah. Can <laughs> yeah. we, like, that would be kind of interesting. This is I, the second like one. That. What was the first one from, like, way long ago? I remember it. Looks I think cool about it all the time. play awesome or something. Yeah, it was called The Lap. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Looks lap awesome, factor. plays something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Lap Factor. Anyway. That, the Lap Factor, this one was. That was, yeah. a lo- that was 2014, Justin Scurbo talking. That was funny. <laughs> I was like, Vanquish, I think, was the example there. Because that game yeah. looks so cool and it plays so cool. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I was pl- we're, we've been playing a lot of that and that's super duper fun. Yeah, that's cool. Duper fun. Um, Dude, I think yeah. it's funny you mentioned this. I know we're going on. I know I'm going on like a little bit of a tangent here. But like, man, and I know I bring this up occasionally, but like, the Toys R Us, I know, I see it, I, the only reason why I mentioned it is because I see it so fucking clearly. It's like, the Toys R Us, the day I saw Mario 64 in, like, 3D, like, and playing around with it, it's obviously, like, the, the courtyard and then into the first bomb bomb stage. Like, those are the two most, like, iconic ones for me. But I don't think I've ever felt that, like, that whiff of, like, whoa, ever in my life. I, like, after that, I feel like there's nothing that has topped that moment. And I, mean, I don't even like that game that much. <laughs> it, it was a pretty revolutionary thing. I mean, I would say probably the next closest taste that we could have gotten to something like that in adult life is like VR or AR. Yeah, but it, but it wasn't it, as it, amazing. It, well, because it it's more like my jank, mind. right? Yeah. But like that was like interacting with a 3D yeah. rendered world. Like I, I was, that was never even thought of before, you know? Yeah. I also think when we were that young, there were so many things that were never even thought of before. Yeah, I mean, was it was all like, new. I mean, we're getting new things now and what kid is gonna be like oh my god did you see what? that ray tracing <laughs> it's like, I know. yeah it's a, it is a little bit different i mean it may hit people differently like we're older and jaded at this point right. but like like halo was another big one for me it was like the first real time i had experienced something to that magnitude like i played golden eye and you know some of the yeah. other shooters but halo really took it to the next level and that was sort of like a that was an oh shit moment would you say that that hit different <laughs> what halo yeah being, Halo was I'm also an oh shit. Yeah, I yeah. mean, pun and non-pun, funny, not funny, Scarbo intended. Uh, I think that was a big moment as well. You know, I I'm, remember, so I never played Halo. Like, my brother got an Xbox way late in the life cycle. But the first time I was like, I think I might have mentioned this story before. I was at 
so it was weird. So post parent divorce, you know how you have like those weird like oh I'm hanging out with like my dad's like girlfriend's friends or whatever. What one of those situations? It was okay. like some holiday party, and we're like, in, and I, I'm like, I just need to like go somewhere and like do something. And this kid was there, and he was in the basement, and he set up uh, Halo on his TV, and I see him like driving the Warthog, and I'm like, yeah, what game is this? And he was like, oh, dude, it's Halo. Like, you want to play? I got a second controller. I was like, yeah. And then like we were both in the Warthog, and I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like I like you don't play Goldeneye like that. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I, it, it was so much more. I remember. Special. I remember the the first time I played it too. It stuck out. Like yeah. I I played it at GameStop on twenty two when it it's not there anymore, right? I don't right. think it's there anymore. No, it um, used to be. It's a it's like a fruit smoothie place now, right? <laughs> right. So I remember playing it, and we I got through like the first little section, and I didn't know how to crouch, and you <laughs> had to get under a door at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how to do it, and then I left. But no. it was awesome at the time because the intro was pretty crazy. Dude, I remember in those kiosks playing with my dad, and I remember in co-op mode him shooting and i'm seeing his bullets hit another character and i was like this is insane dude it did the <laughs> future yeah, honestly it, it does so many things well that shooters today still can't quite grasp the same yeah. like vehicles felt great in that game and i mean even even looking at like destruction all-stars yeah. like driving that around it doesn't the Warthog just felt good, even in those days. Like it yeah, had yeah. that like, it, like crunch and right. impact and weight to it. It was also like the weirdest car to drive in a game ever. Uh, so like, weird. I remember the first time I got it. I'm like, like you use both the sticks. Yeah. Like this is wrong. dude. I mean, the Banshee was weird too because it always kept falling. Yeah. Well, all all of them were weird in that game because yeah. there was no gas button. It was like the stick. Yeah. yeah then, like, you're you, right. And then the steering was on the other stick. You. You're like, what? What even is this? But like, they it could, worked for what it was. They you didn't know? have to do that, but they totally did, and it did work. It was weird. It's like how do you how do you control the steering and the camera while driving what? well they were probably like how do we have it so it's whipping around doing these crazy donuts could be and that stuff. too could you, be that too you know what blew my mind though in that game was so how many games out there it's like there's a level there's you open the level you go in out into the open space and there's there's a car there you're obviously supposed to take so you take that car and you do the mission in the car fun or whatever that's great right halo it's like you can open a door if you kill that elite before he gets into the banshee you could take his banshee and now do the level or at least that section of the yeah. level in yeah. the banshee i just thought that was i mean to this that's day crazy. that's really cool like they don't most games don't give you that variety of play in any given space it is an interesting thing i have you gone back and played halo one like yeah the halo one campaign yeah. i feel like i've tried to and maybe i maybe i don't have the same nostalgia or something but it, it feels like I, I like i distinctly remember playing it back in the day and being this like mind blow like this world is so huge there's so much you can do all this kind of stuff um but going back and playing it now like in a lot of ways i'm like man this feels like kind of slow you know it's what i mean super slow you know it's, it's very like, slow it's like we talked about that exact same thing we were like did they slow it down? I don't remember it being this slow, and I definitely think it has something to do with 15 years of playing yeah. video games. Well, not, not even like the movement speed, just like the the rate at which like things are developing in the world. It's like you know you could just kind of like walk around and just do stuff, but like I remember a section even in the first level where it's like you have to turn on a bridge to like go across a bridge. Yeah, and I'm like, why am I spending so long just like trying to turn this bridge on? Like well, that, that part is yeah. particularly slow, but know? I mean there are like the library. I thought was a really both a terrible level and awesome in th- what it I was trying to like, achieve for like feeling wise yeah. like like immersion wise totally but i wonder if this is you know now i'm jumping into the future right like i wonder if this is one of the problems that uh 343 is having now with halo infinite you know like i wonder if they 
if they know how to create that feeling without literally creating that feeling. I don't, you know, they almost have an impossible task because they're they're not bungee. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like They've someone going back and not to be bungee. I, it's got to be the hardest job in the world to go back and. It's like write the fourth book in someone's trilogy. You know, yeah. Go back and like finish someone else's work. Yeah. You can't capture that feeling. Like yeah. you might be able to copy their tone. Yeah. And to a certain extent, those the the three four three games have a halo, like a halo ness to them. Yeah. But they don't feel the same. Yeah. It's like it's like a, a reach sheep, felt like a halo. Sheep's in Halo's clothing. Right. Yeah. You can steal like the the like Halo's uh, mechanical code. But you can't really write it the same way, or you can't paint it the same way as like the original artists. And that's why the same. That's why if you jump into Destiny, you're like, this feels like Halo. And I, I think so much of a feel of a game is the mechanics and like how you move the character around, not necessarily what Master Chief looks like or what cool guns he has. You know, I think I think especially it's like a pacing thing because like you know, even though there are sections in the first game that are like that I would call slow, like the way at which it feeds you things at the time, at the times when things are happening, like just the series of events that takes place are so important to creating like the feeling, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, like, you know, somebody at Bungie was like, okay, you're going to walk into this area now. And the second you step this far out, Cortana should say this. And then the music hits and it's like, oh man. And like, when you do that the first time, it's like, Oh shit! Like there's a war happening here. Like you know what I mean? Like it it creates this feeling of like grandeur and stuff. And I feel like that sort of like the way that they finesse scenes and moments like that is what gives it its like soul. Basically, yeah. I I kind of have a I think it is for the best, but it's sort of a love hate relationship with uh, the sprint button mm. because that's one thing that did not evolve for a long time for Halo. Yeah. Call of Duty and that did that first, didn't it? What was that? Call of Duty. I first. think it was Call of Duty or was, yeah. maybe they stole it from someone else, Probably but they were the honor or something. They were the biggest, but Halo, that's another way they were able to really control the pacing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if something happened, you couldn't just sprint over, jump on an enemy's head and bash him in the face or, you know, really get yeah. up there. It was really about maneuvering, using the vehicles, yeah. positioning, and then how good you were with the gun, you know? Yeah. 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 Which well, is funny because, like, you look at something like Destiny, and I feel like, like Destiny One or Two, like I remember when we were playing those games, it was able to create those moments even yeah. with it. And I don't know. I mean, th- like, I have to, I have to put that ability onto Bungie. Like they, like, I don't think they would have been able to do that if it wasn't them behind the wheel. Sp- you know, you could still sprint in uh, Destiny, right? Yeah, yeah. I that's mean, what, it was- that's what I'm saying. Like, even with the addition of modernized game mechanics they, did, right. they were still able yeah. to create it's, again it's, that feels right so this leads me to my next topic right which would be at what point did you start realizing to pay attention to studios in terms of what kind of games and the flavors that you were getting with the games when you were playing them because like that only mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm gonna be honest that never happened to me until justin started talking to me about studios and video games this mm-hmm. is like literally maybe seven or so years ago because before i was like Oh, Zelda games. I like Zelda games. Right. I was like, those guys. Final Fantasy. That's a new Final Fantasy. I was not thinking about who was making the game. And now that I do, I feel like it, I see the Matrix in a weird way, you know? But that didn't happen until you started talking I, to me about games. I don't remember what the game was. Well, yeah. it didn't really... Maybe it, was, oh, it might have been Metal Gear, actually. It, doesn't, it didn't really land for me until you, you, know, you really start to understand the difference between even publishers and developers. Well, that, um, that was a key thing for me because when I think about this thought, I, I mean, when I was young, like like young, young, I didn't really know the difference, right? But the the first time that I paid attention to it, 
and it was hard to not pay attention to it were Capcom games. Because, like, you remember mm. Super Nintendo Capcom games point, that had, yeah. like, the... Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is a Capcom game. But then, like, like at that time of my life, you know, Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1 era stuff, it's like those games were hitting so much higher than everything else I was playing at that time. Yeah. Other than, like, Square games, you know? But it's like... Mega Man, Street Fighter, Resident Evil, like all of those, I was just like, oh man. So that was at the point where I was like, clearly Capcom knows what's going on. And then, you know, you end up buying I, some shitty Capcom games and it's like, oh, maybe, maybe I, not. But I guess you just don't, I guess it, for me, it didn't really make the connection between like, I see this logo, like I see the rare logo at a bunch of these yeah, games that I this play. This is what I'm about to play, right? And, but it doesn't necessarily like, these people did everything in this game. The closest yeah. I came was was Bungie because I played so much of Halo. Right. I started following what they were doing, and yeah. they were talking. They were, I think, one of the earliest people to really have like a community page and be. They were talking to everyone and really getting that going. So that made me aware. But it it does take you really kind of got to get into it to yeah. understand. You yeah. have to, there's a level of uh, consciousness that you have yeah. to achieve. Like I feel like beforehand, before I met you, Justin, in college, and we started talking about video games the the moment was we were uh, i was like i would look at a game and i was like oh this is a nintendo game oh this is a playstation game yeah oh, the playstation games are better because of this but i really like nintendo because nintendo has these totally well, that that was all i what's, knew what's funny is then even like in later generations like once you started hitting like ps2 era mm-hmm. uh the the whole message got kind of cloudy and muddy again because that was when they started doing um like the equivalent of saying what like engine the game was running right. on and it, and it's like mm, if you didn't know the developers beforehand now you're seeing like right uh, I, I don't even know i like i know the ones that i i think of all the time like when when you play oh jesus christ i always think of dark souls because they have the same thing it's like the physics engine yeah whatever it's called i, I can't remember it's like saw something whatever but it's like at that once you hit ps2 it's like now instead of seeing just nintendo and then rare before goldeneye you're seeing like nintendo rare unreal yeah weird right. graphics engine weird right. physics engine you're like okay well what is any of this you know when did when did that when did the engine start becoming like necessary like important I think Unreal was the first one because they require like certain licenses required you to show the logo before the game started. Interesting. Um, I, I mean, this this worked for movies to me too. When he started, when I started really getting into movies, just on on the developer side, like now I'm sort of following different directors. Like I don't know if yeah. you, you guys are at that level yet, but I've found that I like this guy Alex Garland who did um, yeah. Ex Machina. Yeah, and I started watching Devs, which yeah. is a new show on Hulu, which is awesome. And it's like I like this guy's vibe. Yeah, whatever yeah. he's doing, yeah. I like what he's about mm-hmm. and what and you know that well, drives like the, you. The Scott Pilgrim guy, what's his name? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like because I mean I've seen because he did what like Baby Driver and stuff. Yep. And mm-hmm. like you can see the through line between a movie like Scott Pilgrim and, and Shaun Baby of the Driver. Dead. Yeah. You know, Baby Driver two got greenlit yes oh, or like sick. the script's done for it or something yeah about that. i mean and honestly it's been kind of fun because it's like yes you can look up like rotten tomatoes you can look up critics you can like is this in my genre right, yeah. but sometimes you just like this director yeah. he just has a vision and you appreciate that vision and, and sometimes you just go for it you just never watch anything by m night anymore you know what I mean? that's yeah. <laughs> you know what it. exactly right it works yeah. the other way too you're yeah. like this dude kind of sucks but sometimes he gets hits it out of the park i'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you this only happened to me when the kojima konami situation started happening and i learned yeah. deeply who kojima was and what you guys were talking about with metal gear solid 5 being yeah. like a half game 
and then I started paying attention to that in movies. And I feel like there, it's more. I feel like it's heavier hitting in movies, but primarily because I feel like movies are such a two-hour like condensed thing, and video games takes multiple, multiple, multiple teams like yeah. multiple visions. It's less apparent to me game. how much control like Kojima has over every aspect. Like a director is literally seeing every shot and like moving yeah. it around. Yeah, I, I don't know how much well, it's a different process there, for sure. There's, there's definitely so so. This is where the message gets muddied even more, and it's like you do have to be so far in it to really start to appreciate all of those differences. Because like so, just like you, Justin, when I figured out who Kojima was, then I was like, oh, like you know, like why does Metal Gear Solid one, two, and three feel so different than every other game that I'm playing? And right. then you find out that it's tied to this guy's name because he put his name on the box. So I was like, ah this guy now i want to care about the games that this guy makes right um then it was funny when we went into like kickstarter land that was like like yeah with oh uh, kg inafune or whatever right and what's funny is that (laughs) that messaging was even fucked up because inafune is not the grandfather of fucking mega man he didn't make he wasn't no he just did the art right he did the art for the later games the real guy is this guy akira i can't remember his first name but like he was the guy who made mega man and inafune was just a dude on his team but he like he basically like appropriated like the I'm wow. the father of Mega Man for himself, and then everyone got all screwed up about it. But then there was like Igarashi with the Castlevania games and all this sort of stuff, and then like so Unafenue really kind of he kind of like torpedoed that franchise. Oh yeah, he blew it. He blew it big time. Wow. Um, like no one's looking forward to the next Unafenue game. Like, like well, serious. obviously no, not just that, but also like a Mega Man game. Like I feel like a lot oh, of people yeah. think that he's like the guy behind Mega Man, and yeah. Anyway, yeah, no I don't guy. know how many people really like. Maybe I think right. there's a Maybe larger, right. but I see what you're I, saying. Yeah, it's uh, I, don't, I don't think he took the Mega fragile. Man ship down with him. Right. <laughs> um, so actually, there was a, a funny. Do you like those socks? Sorry, yes. I'm commenting on on Alex's socks. I've seen. I've gotten been advertised these socks like a thousand times. They're Bomba socks, not sponsored. They are comfortable. Are they good? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, Sorry, that was a very <laughs> random thing. I had a friend um, recommend them on online. And they're like, these are awesome socks. I'm like. I need socks. I, I do don't know need how socks. awesome they are because I know they're pretty expensive. And I was like, I, I priced them out once, and I was like, why are these so expensive? There was like twenty dollars for for a pair of socks. That might be an exaggeration. Uh, I mean, it ended up like this is a re- non-video game topic, but like I buy nice like stance socks or just like nice uh, winter tall yeah. socks. They're like yeah, yeah. ten to twelve dollars, and that's okay. how much these are. That's worth it. If anybody okay. was wondering whether or not we uh, have ADD listening to this podcast, yeah, you'd be one hundred percent right, fully clear. Um, so. <laughs> I actually had an interesting uh, director producer kind of kind of situation recently. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm chilling on Xbox as I do, and I'm looking at Game Pass now. A caveat to Game Pass: Did you know that they'll like take games out once a month? Yes. They'll just like sweep a bunch of games out. So one of the games that was on Game Pass that I actually downloaded because I was like, oh, I've never played this game. I'm sort of interested in playing it. Uh, I just learned is at leaving Game Pass this month. So now I'm like, okay, well, now I've got to shuffle all my shit around so I can finish this Does game. Does it tell you on the hood? Yes. Good. Um, That's pretty cool. Shadow of the Damned. You ever play this game? I, you know what? I think I have. Yeah. Actually, wait. What, an, what is it like? It was an Xbox 360 I might be thinking, game. Yes. Uh, and I'll tell you one, one thing. Is it first person? No, it is third person. I might be thinking something else. plays a guy named Garcia Hotspur. I don't know. Mm, no. Um, so what was interesting about this game originally to me is that it was a Suda 51 game. So I was like, ah, it's a Suda 51 game. So my understanding of the game at that point was like, this game is made by Suda 51. 
Turns out, not made by Suda51. He is the executive producer on the game, the director, Shinji Mikami. Which was even more interesting, because do we know who Shinji Mikami is? Yeah, he makes, um, uh, which malt? The, uh, you know. Yeah, I know. It's the, uh, which malt? The Persona games, right? No. Uh, all <laughs> the Resident Evil games. Oh, wait. Duh. No. Uh, uh, Silent this- Hill? No, nah, yeah. This is even a deeper cut for me. Continue. So, so this was just interesting to me because I was like, wow, this is also one of my favorite developers sure. or whatever. But then I come to find out that the team that was the, that developed the game was not him. He was just the director. Oh, that's hilarious. And it was yeah. made by these this in-house development studio at EA. So it's like <laughs> this totally like yeah. shitty mid-2000s third-person shooter made by EA that feels exactly like what you think it feels like. And I was just like, oh. I, I guess that is... Yeah, I guess that's the same kind of feeling as the, uh, what was that one time we went to this press room, I asked this guy how alpha his game was, he said that it's been, it's almost uh, done. Yes, I... that was the Wanzer yeah. front mission, what Left Alive. Left Alive, exactly, and that game was toting itself as being like, you know, like a, it has the spirit of Metal Gear, because I just, I have like all these old games that I've just like collected over time you have that game i have it i'm pretty sure i gave we please try that i would like to actually try this game that game is very bad did i not give it to maybe i asked if you wanted it and you're like i don't want that game yeah (laughs) so so here's the thing oh that's the game with the artwork from the metal gear guy exactly and that's why we all thought it was like a metal gear and it was heavily heavily marketed with the metal gear art so obviously everyone's gonna think it's a metal gear game psych it's this totally shitty game i don't even know who the developer is but it's based Didn't in matter. the front mission when, universe. It's like what? When we were playing, we when we, we fired up uh, um, Monster Hunter yesterday, what? and I was, I'm just thinking about that. that it was such I'm a sorry. problem. We're at this we're at this uh, press conference for this game, and I just remember this guy like very like monotonely explaining like oh and there are decisions that you can make in this game look at this one now and it's this guy who's just like i'm taking your daughter away from you during this <laughs> thing and the guy's like why would you do that and she's like daddy i don't want to go and he's like you're coming with me and he's like okay take her and it's like what the fuck is yeah, this game it was like not what? only bad writing but there's a moment uh, during the actual presentation that i looked around and i saw other writers <laughs> stop taking notes <laughs> and I, and then I oh remember seeing somebody starting to like nod off in the corner, and we're sitting in a room. There's only like sixteen of us. The yeah. guy sees every one of us. We're yeah. not hidden in a giant auditorium. And I'm just like, shit. There's a moment where I start getting like, I'm like leaning back with that, with my arms folded, and my eyes are definitely like more closed than shut. Yeah. And it finally ends. And I remember looking around and. I start to clap. Yep. I start to clap, and I get everybody clapping. Yep. People ask stupid questions to make this guy feel good about his job. Then no, afterward. I think I think you asked the first question. Did I? I, I think so because he was just like, "So, any questions?" Dead silence amongst oh, the room. Oh, and then I mentioned the mechs, and I was like, yeah. "The mech part looked really great." Like, you know, hey, what hey that thirty-minute yeah. long demo. <laughs> there was this one cool part. Can you tell yeah. us more about that and one cool could... part? And he's like. He's like, oh, yeah, so that's not actually really a part of the game. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, there's only, like, one. That's actually, like, only one part of the game. It's a, it's a small, you know, minuscule but very important part. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then back in my head, I'm just like, that was literally the only thing that was interesting during yeah, this entire thing. Yeah. I forgot you guys sat in on that. And then at uh, the very end, we walked back, and I wanted to play Final – I wanted to play uh, Dragon Quest 12, eight. Eight, eight, 13, uh, the latest one. The one with – Eight. Eight? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, Dragon Quest eight and nine, eleven. Exactly. Ten. I think it was ten. I think there was mul- there's double digits now, definitely. 
Anyway, the one with Hero in it. Oh, that's all, that's all of them. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. I get it. Anyway, and so I was like, yeah, l- let me talk to your developer for a minute, right, while you get this thing set up, and I'll ask him some questions about this game. Last Last of Us? No. Eleven. Eleven, exactly. Um, and uh, he was like, yeah, so what kind of questions do you have? And I'm like, just asking him, like, oh, yeah, so, like, uh, you know, that's awesome. Like, how long have you guys been in development? And then my like second or third question was just like yeah so like the the build you showed us how alpha is that and then he goes well actually uh that's we, recent footage this game's uh gonna be released in the next uh, like two to three months yeah and i was like oh well i mean it looked great <laughs> so dragon quest boots over this way right i can't tell you how many times i've talked to developers and then i asked them you know, you know, my my whole tone is like, oh, you know, this is pretty cool. You know, it's like you got work to do, but at least this is great. And I'm like, oh, so when's it coming out? And they're like, yeah, it came out like four months ago. <laughs> oh I'm like, oh, uh, yo, that should be a podcast. Where like, just... Can I get a code? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yo, I'll definitely uh, play that. There absolutely needs to be a podcast at one time where we just reminisce about all the ridiculous things that happen on these shows. Because I, I can imagine, I can say a lot of random shit. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stories. A million instances of that stuff. The developers uh, definitely notice when you stop writing things down. Like, I always come with a little notebook, and then I'll just... At a certain point, I'm like, okay, release date. Okay, well, sort of like a couple notes about it, his name. Yeah. And well, it's then funny, it's just... just <laughs> even when we started, like, I didn't even know if we were doing, like, the right things in those interviews and stuff. Yeah. So it's like... We when made I go up that so... shit on the fly, and I... then we wrote it down. I know. And then, like... <laughs> but I was always so self-conscious of, like, being in the room with the guy, and it's like... Or a girl or whatever, and it's like you're writing something stuff down and you could see them looking at you and i'm like does this look like what your last interview was doing <laughs> i hope it it's does so you know what you know what's funny is i don't just i think one thing i've learned i mean this is just a life lesson no one knows what they're doing like yeah the the media we barely know what we're doing the Dude. developer he has no idea what he's doing like no one knows what this interaction is really supposed to look like like yeah. they have an idea and we have an idea and it's like i have my well, little notebook and i'm gonna write things down anybody from some reputable reputable sources right who sit down and like they're getting paid to do a thing the developers are probably like oh, okay so these are the questions that this person asks and then then we come in and we're like so we really want to take it from like a origin story perspective <laughs> <laughs> what is, oh, where wow. did this game originate from it's like well i do the artwork uh <laughs> and i got hired to, to tim job. tim's at lunch right now <laughs> yeah that, what, can, that does happen a lot like yeah, there's a lot yeah. of First of all, there's a lot of hired PR people, which are great, but some of them don't know the ins and outs of the some game. Some of them are awesome, Dude, though. I've some remember, of them are awesome. I remember talking to some of these people that, like, they were clearly, like, trained. They knew the script. They knew what to say. And I was like, yeah. this is You great. can totally appreciate that. But it's, like, the full spectrum. Some people are just there, like, they know how to run the demo. And that's it. No, yeah. you gotta oh, yeah. wait for the other guy. But I think Nintendo girls are like the prime example of that. Like yeah. they are definitely like phoning it in ninety percent of the time, and all they know is it's your turn. Don't touch. Dude, that's not <laughs> like, even that's okay. This is how that works. For, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the Nintendo girl situation. I like. I asked them about the whole thing. I asked Ramona, our key video game PR yeah. girl, at one point, um, PR woman friend. She she issues. Good friend before we knew that she worked in video games, but she uh, would tell me that yeah, no Nintendo will go and they don't. They have like an agency in the U.S. Right, obviously the Nintendo of America will do this. They have an agency in the U.S. Right, and then that agency will then hire other agencies to do specific tasks. One of yeah. which is providing people to sit in the booth and like you know talk to people about oh, yeah. a game. That, then, that's them like calling a talent agency like the week before right. and being like, "We need twelve of your hottest girls to come right? do yeah, this job." Exactly. And if I think if anyone's 
if it was like listening to this who's not in media if you're just like a fan going to these conventions i think if you take a chance and you're up there it is it's you can talk to these developers and ask some questions and i think that's you can talk to these pretty girls but don't expect it right but i think the <laughs> I most tried. fun thing to me like it's sure it's cool to see nintendo it's cool to see microsoft booths like you see the big guys or even at comic-con you go and play whatever games are up there but is there something about packs and going and actually talking to the guy who made literally made this game yeah like when we played control yeah remedy was, was there cool. and they talked to us yeah um like that's yeah. when you can really appreciate the process and you see the passion and the pr people some of them are awesome like we said some of them are just there for the game and to run the lines and to get people in but those indie booths and those real creators um like we're media so we, i mean we we to- we have access to them but you can totally talk to them too because they're running the booths and that's yeah. what's so cool about packs yeah, yeah. It, it really is the best Dude. I think when we go back, I was I was just thinking about this, and we should develop this thought later because there's some secret details about it. But I'm thinking, you know, what was one of the most fun things that we did, and I didn't intend to the, turn this into like reminiscing hour. That's all right. But uh, the year that we went to PAX East or PAX West and handed out the awards to everyone, that was great. That was yeah. East. I thought that was so fun, and yeah. some of those guys were stoked on it. And then, like walking past and like seeing the awards up and stuff, I feel they were that really they were cut super jagged. Yeah, those yeah, were we, so we hard were, to cut we out. Were, I don't like, know why they were so hard. Uh, <laughs> I would say at our next opportunity, because I think whatever the next convention is is going to be a very special one. I think we should do a similar thing under the new branding, maybe for the particular parts of the new. You know, no, I think this would be it really was a good, good. idea. Uh, unfortunately, was a that, idea. that was. Not that we, not that we're not busting our ass in different ways, um, but we were really writing a lot that year. Yeah, and I didn't play as many games as I wanted to. You know? Oh yeah, I couldn't really not. give it. So I gave it to a good game. I gave it to Forts, mm-hmm. which was a really cool game. We had fun yeah, with that. Yeah, that was, that was a cool. Game. Um, I gave it to Sundered. That was not a good game. You did give it to Sundered. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I really liked that idea. And you're right. They did appreciate it, and it, it cut, sort of like caught them off guard i remember yeah. the guy at snake pass when uh like liz gave hers to yeah, yeah he was like very like humbled and cool and i remember passing by the booth and they had it up on the, it was just a cool moment it's just even it, man it's it's a good community for sure you yeah. know what i mean also uh, anybody who's starting trying to start a blog it's a really good way to put your logo next to uh say like ign's logo because you know that they're taking on pictures of those people getting awards, that's and the more awards, mm-hmm. the better. And in social media, that's free, branding that's free right advertising there. for a and foam core. We <laughs> yeah, we right. It was foam core. We printed it out and we cut it out, and yeah. it looked like shit. We were like right. sand, trying to like I, sand I think it, it looked down. Pretty good actually. I, th- it, I think you're Justin. Your standards are too low. Please, please bring them up. <laughs> it okay. looked good from a distance, but it's like when you cut paper, just like a little. It's like not quite it's like straight cutting for gift me. wrapping and it's curled and you can't quite <laughs> no, get the no, line no, properly no. it was like if you're walking past a booth and you see a menagerie of awards you see that one and you're like cool it's a it's a diamond and it, it looks great the, the only reason it, it was great. a little it was a little jank because like it looked good from afar but it's like when i'm handing it to them it's like this is clearly foam core and it's like <laughs> it's like frayed at the end it's like hooking bit. onto their clothes <laughs> it's like pulling at their they're threads like, they're like right yeah like, ru- wiping it off themselves <laughs> yeah that was a, a a cool thing to do, though. It was. And, do that, and the key do that there, again. the key there was that was a way to directly interact with the developers of the game. Got some great content out of it. Yeah. It was uh, it was a very positive situation. Yeah. yeah, and they want to be asked questions. They love talking about their games. They don't be embarrassed to go up and just kind of chat with them. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm wondering when. Yeah, I want to do that again. I want to do video interviews. I want to hand them out in front of people. I feel like with what we know and our 
the experiences that we've garnered in, in the the industry so far, I could definitely have fun with that interview. Oh yeah, like without having to worry about what we're talking about and what we're saying, I think I'd be having a lot of fun with that. Oh, I think yeah. We were, yeah, I mean, we gave them the interview. I think we gave them the award, and I think we recorded like a minute interview with them too. We did, yeah, yeah. and they were honestly pretty good. Like the conversation, the audio really didn't great. work all the time, so it sounded really. Terrible. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> rough. I mean, Pax was pretty loud. Yeah, it's pretty loud. We had bad lavalier mics. We could definitely. We can do when the t- when now. the time comes. We we've learned enough. You know Dude. what I mean. You have to try. You have to try. Uh, to you just take this to... microphone, hook it onto a selfie stick, boom mic. There you go. Just Bam. carry around a PC and then <laughs> link this up to it. Can you imagine we'll be... us like somebody's recording with their phone, the other person is holding like a selfie stick with a with a little microphone on it, like a boom mic. That's hilarious. Uh, that would actually be really fun. That would be hilarious. We've definitely recorded one hundred and one. <laughs> I feel like we've recorded gameplay sessions that I just I've never seen in any videos that we've used. Oh, I've got them. Yeah, I, I have every video we've ever 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 touched. ever not produced. Oh, yeah. like the Somerville Yestercade video. Yep. Yes, <laughs> I do have that one. And like, uh, it's funny. I've actually gone through. Remember when we were doing that one? Yeah, I yeah. cringe at thinking about it. I cringe <laughs> at almost anything I do in video. What's funny I, is, to be honest with you, I, so we look very different. Like all of us look <laughs> yeah. very different. I'd love um, to see it. No. Yeah, it's no. Well, what's, okay. What's love is, is a strong word. Cer- <laughs> certain things that occurred during that video are reusable, oh, but God. like the the context would need to be very specific to to tee it up. I can't but wait. The, but the video quality was great. That's when Frank was helping us. Oh, so oh, good. Right. I can't wait till uh, one day somebody decides to do like a like a graduation like ceremony with all these videos that pop up. Like those that video of like. Uh, the entire like four years of high school, but like random like slideshows with I think it's like good riddance in the background or oh, some yes. shit going on. Hmm. Uh, wow. I mean, we've been doing this long enough where we're just like completely different people, looks wise, and I mean, yeah. we've just there's, we've gone through so I mean, much. It's of been that. seven years. Yeah. When I still dig back, 2014. And when I look at that original, like even if you go back, even just to the 60 second lores, they're like, oh <sighs> man, I would love to do those again. I really enjoyed well, that. Those are fun. Well, I they didn't were like fun. Them. They were... <laughs> All right. All right. When the, when the new website comes out, like we'll be talking about content pretty heavily. I think it would be great to take what we know now and start applying it to new ways, new things. Yeah. You know, that'd be a lot of fun. Honestly, we could toss those videos to any editor and it would take like an hour yeah. to do it. It like, was just a nightmare to gather all the pictures and stuff. It would be great. Yeah. That was fun. But we should definitely do this reminiscing podcast when uh, when Liz is back because I don't yeah. know for sure she has a lot of Uh <laughs> No. <laughs> I saw their mouth. Although it would be interesting to get a lot of the uh the, the uh, old convention. Staff back. Well, no, not even the old stuff, just the co- it's all about like the perspectives of like what they were going through like during that entire time. Like I remember what it was like from you and I and we're reminiscing again, but I remember what it was like from you and I like an hour to two hours before the meeting, the meeting with everybody about like how we're going to get to PAX, like what the plan mm-hmm. is and whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we should come up with questions because they're not going to know how to interview people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we just came back from one convention where we had to interview people. <laughs> Let's make up some questions. You know what? You yeah. gave us that one sheet and it was nice to have totally forgot all of them, yeah. but it was but nice so to just, done. it was the preparation. It's like knowing you had a tool just can, in case you needed it. Can yeah. I, can we just take a step back really quick and can I give my number one interview tactic possibly learned from chow i forget where i learned it but if anyone out there needs help on an interview you bring a goddamn notebook like a nice looking professional notebook with you Mm. and you write 
like your strengths, your weaknesses, your stories about yourself, your questions for them. You have a sheet of just like quickly about what their company is. Mm. Literally write your name on it. Like your oh, you're job about an actual interview. Yes. This, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Real life interview. Yeah. Um, I was like very confused yeah. for a minute. So We're talking, you're trying to get a job, real life. Interview. This is real life. Get, sorry, real life getting a job, and this reminded me because like strengths and weaknesses for interviewing a developer about their game. That's why I want. <laughs> so it does. Re- yeah, it, club games. Strength two D. Weakness. Strength boats. Weakness <laughs> interviewer. <laughs> Shovels and knights. Uh. And I bring this up. So first of all, it's super helpful. Yeah. But it's nice, just just like your one sheet. It's just nice to have. No one looks at you weird in an actual real life interview if you're looking down and reading something. Uh-huh. Uh, like you can just be taking notes. But if you have your experiences and your stories and like your strengths and weaknesses and your past job titles and then a little bit about their company, it's just a security blanket. Yeah. And like having that, mm. your questions, okay, having I see, this I, I see. into an interview, you just feel more comfortable because you don't have to. You won't freeze. You could always just read gonna, something off well, of your. I was going to say, even to earn, like, it's very smart because that'll even, like, earn yourself that moment of, like, the. I just need to breathe for a second in yes. between this next question. So, like, I'm just going to shakily okay. grab your water. I, <laughs> <laughs> yourself a little bit. Sweat's dropping exactly. onto the. I can't tell you how many times they're like, hey, so what do you know about our company? And I'm like, uh, and, I, and I'll read the no, one I, sentence I wrote down that was from their about page. And they're like, oh, that's great. Like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. really good. I that's a whole different yeah. topic. Yeah. Gonna, yeah, okay. right. I have a, I have we'll a funny about previous job so, interviews. I have a funny time. anecdote to that, but I will leave it. It's, <laughs> long story short, it's just nice having prep. Like yes. even if you don't use it, it's nice to have, and it's like locked into your brain somewhere. And it's just, I think I had it on oh, me. Yeah. But I mean, even when we were like out, like interviewing people, I mean, th- so this to bring it all the way full circle back when it was, when we're talking about like learning developers and like the things that they're responsible for and their style of doing things, having a lot of that prior knowledge really helped out in, uh, in some of the interviews. Cause like, you know, when I went into, um, I I mean, Alex, you, you even helped me with one of these when I first did the interview with, uh, the Sundered people, right? That was mm-hmm. Thunder Lotus Games. You were like, oh, I think they made that game yes. Joe Tun. And even just having that one small fact in the back of my mind, I was able to hit them with that. And they were like, oh, this guy's way more credible because he knows the last game yeah, that we made. Right. So it was like, boom, like we're in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Because a lot of the developers, pe- knowing the background is useful in all. It, Dude, it's helpful because a lot of the people that they're talking sorry, the, yeah. a lot of people they're talking to, and I think a lot of the people in the gaming industry they're not necessarily hardcore gamers they're oh, there yeah. to do Tell their me job about your game yeah oh yeah. What are you, yeah can i be honest when we were at gdc the time where i realized the wealth of knowledge justin has at his disposable about video games in the industry were unpar- i've never seen anything like it before you would be like in the in the in the press room Oh, that's the guy from Destructoid. Oh, that's fucking that's Alexander from you know Joysticks or like oh, oh whatever. I'm like, Justin, you should definitely say hi to all these people and tell them. And it's like, yeah, okay, fine. And he goes over and he's just hey, okay, okay, yeah, Dear, tell me <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he goes over and he's like, hey, you're Mike from whatever. And he's like, yeah, man. And it's the like, guy's hey. like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Security. <laughs> they were <laughs> they were always very positive about it because yes, they're like, yeah. oh, great, you know us. And then he's like, yeah, we're here first time. Press passes immediately when you say press passes, they were in on it and they were like, oh, cool, first timers. Well, you know, it's funny and like to I, tell you, I, I don't mean to say anything like disparaging of anybody else, but it's like I've seen others crash and burn in that same context where they'll like they'll try to talk to somebody like you can tell that they're like 
you know, experiencing some level of like starstruckness. Yeah. So they just walk up. They're like, "Can I get a picture?" Or like, just some something very like curt and direct and weird. That's just like not like an organic conversation. But I I've found through the course of time, if you go up to somebody and say like, and address them by like who they are and ask like, "Hey, are you this person?" And then they can say like, "Yes, I am this person." Then it's like, okay, well now we're both both defenses are down because like you know. Now we've confirmed what's going on here. I'm not like just some creep approaching you being like, right. I think the most, that thing that you did that I've seen, um, was when we got dinner or drinks at the loft or the nest. Oh, we saw the remedy guys. And we saw, uh, the remedy guys that you, um, yes, but you, Sam Lake, you saw Sam Lake at the table. You're like, dude, like the Sam Lake. And I'm like, Who's that? <laughs> and you're like, okay, the guy from Max Payne. It's like, he's the you face. ever play Max Payne? Yeah. That guy. And I'm like, oh shit, you're right. And yeah. like, they're eating dinner, which is yeah. admittedly, it it takes some, they have to be, you have to make sure they're in the right headspace. You don't yeah. want to interrupt anything, but it looked yeah. like they were having yeah. a good time. They were there as a company and, you know, Scrib was very nice about it. He walked over and, and they were nice to him too. Yeah. And, when, uh, when I walked cool. up, I, so that, that's a very, that was a very difficult situation to kind of like get get into good position right. because you are like you know when someone's at a dinner table with their group they're in a circle right you are penetrating their yeah. their thing which is not an easy thing to do um but i remember i walked by i i made it look as though i was casually just happened just to like be a, walking yeah. by this table um and when i stopped i was just like i was just like oh my gosh like like you're sam lake and you guys are the guys from remedy and they were like they're like yes and now mind you they're all french so like they don't speak good english (laughs) so they're just like nodding and i was just like i'm so sorry i don't want to interrupt your dinner but like i just want to tell you that i really love your games and you know we saw control earlier today and it looked awesome and they were just like oh thanks and then sam lake was just like oh thank you very much and he hands me a pin from control and i was just like dude thank you very much i was like enjoy the rest of your dinner and walked away and it was a very natural nice transaction conversation it was like we weren't in like a formal dining thing this is more of a bar ish like they yeah. were at a table so yeah. it was a little bit more if they're eating casual. dinner casual. you can only do those skate those skate uh, yeah the skate buys like you're not like pulling up a chair because you're not you're not any question past like a hello means okay now i have to talk to you yeah and that's, like now you you're interrupting actually, right. exactly you know i don't also know how often that happens to sam like you know like like at the convention, sure, but just in public, yeah. or even I mean, the developers, even well, less so. We of just course. happen to have great taste in the same restaurants. So I, right. yeah. I would say at a convention, then it's okay to start going into questions and like talk to them. Like, oh, of course, because they're, they're, yeah, yeah. they're working. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's funny. Like, so, don't ask him to make the face. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> the Max no. Payne face. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it's funny. So the only reason why I feel like I've told this this story before too, and it's a brief one, but I think the only reason why I like know what i do in games world is because of this guy who i used to be friends with do you remember christian i used to yeah you've met him a few yep. times so when i was in sonic player in brawl yes <laughs> when Ugh. i was in uh when i was in high school he and i became friends and like i thought i was like the cool game guy you know what i mean like i thought i knew everything about games and i was the coolest dude on earth not the case at all um <laughs> And when I talked to him, he would always be the one who broke information to me. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah. I would, I would never, 
I it behooved me how this kid knew the shit that he did because he would tell me stuff and then like a few days later I would see it come out in like normal like public media and I'm like how the fuck like where is he getting his information from like I hate he learned this. Japanese <laughs> I, I something right so, but I I hated that feeling of being like of like not knowing something that somebody else knew, especially in, like, my favorite hobby or whatever. And, like, I've, I've grown past this at this point in my life. But, like, at that time, it was just, like, all I wanted to do was know everything. So I, I just started going so ham. It was a competitive thing. I was just, like, I will not be second to know. Right, yeah. I will always be first to know. Yeah. Um, so thanks to Christian for, you know, firing that up in me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was Dude, a thing for sure. Just the names alone. I'm so bad at names and just the names alone just, like, wowed me. It's mm. like, also, then I learned how much content you actually absorb from the internet on a daily basis. And I'm like, there's no way I'll catch up. <laughs> <laughs> there's you, no you way. You have the courage. Just... Like, you're fearless when you approach people. Because, like, at... at Early on, like when we went to GDC and stuff, I was definitely still like starstruck in a couple of situations where I'm like, "What? Like, how do I? How do I even do yeah. this?" And you're like, "Oh, like this, boom!" And you're just like in there, and I was like, "But see, I, like, I've okay. always needed the credibility, so it was either you or Liz at the time, and Liz came with the with the pedigree of I work at the Escapist. Now you want to talk to us, yeah? And you were always like, "I know who you are," in a deeply, yeah. very heartfelt way. You're like, quick, give me, like, two facts about this person. I've done that so many times. Like, what's his name? Okay, and what's he do? Okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, hey, you're that guy who did that thing? Yeah. Perfect. What's Let's up? Let's talk I'm about Justin. stuff. How are you enjoying the con- <laughs> convention? Oh, that's yeah, I a- mean, I see, I see Chow have con- entire conversations about movies he's never seen before. Just like- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, that's anyway, great. i got to start writing this stuff down. <laughs> that's great. Dude, I miss conventions so bad. I know, me too. I it's- feel like some part of me, uh, some, like, part of the the experience like the expertise or whatever like the 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 knowing how to go through these conversations is just so like eager to be continued but like i yeah Yeah. we haven't been able to like talk to anyone really i mean this this is why i'm thinking when the next muscles aren't being flexed when the next opportunity presents itself to do something like the second there's a date on the calendar of somewhere we can go i think we should like turn up like we should really try to like do something turn it into like a project like make something out of it yeah it would be cool um i would really relish in the opportunity to do that just because we've been starved of it for so yeah. long dude i miss packs Ugh. yeah man so somehow these conversations took us to the end of the podcast <laughs> wow yeah. um, i mean that was a good trip we didn't do stuff, any news did we we didn't do any news uh you want to list them off yeah we cd should. project red got ripped off by some hackers and then someone bought that data i think for like seven you know, million dollars which is also market. the dumbest thing ever people are assuming that it was cd project red paying for their own data back um because funny. why would you ever pay someone seven million dollars for data if they could just copy it and then sell it to somebody else stupid but also what are you seven million yeah what kind of data i guess it would be like they took every source code. Code. they took all of their the original source codes for witcher and other games they had like unreleased stuff they had like all of their accounting and hr information so they could like expose oh, yeah. a okay, lot of people with that stuff yeah um it's fucked up seven million wow like i understand like not liking their business practices or right. you're not liking how they made their games but like trying to ruin people's lives is uh, something totally different right that is um, that is adding insults to injury to injury to injury I mean, you're, yeah. you're hurting you're not hurting the ceo you're hurting the people that made yeah. the game 2021 is just not cd project red's year um yeah then what else was there there was a new uh limited edition nintendo switch that came out the mario one it, that looks just really stupid it's well i don't think it looks really stupid like if i had one i'd be stoked on it but like <laughs> the 
It's just, the, it's just red. It's like, just red. Yeah, it's just kind it's of just boring. Red. There's some blue on like the controller, but... The most interesting piece of information I heard is that when Nintendo releases variant consoles, uh, the earliest they launched a new console after a variant console was six months. So maybe six months from now, we'll see a Switch Pro. Who knows? Mm. Uh, what I'd rather see is a fucking Nintendo Direct so I can find out what the hell I'm going to be playing for the rest of Bravely my life. Bravely Default in two weeks. Or in a week? It's the 15th. In a week? When's that coming out? Yeah, next week. <gasps> <laughs> is that Final on Fantasy switch uh, Final Fantasy 9 uh, uh, shoot Final that's not gonna happen you can go two JRPGs back to back I would do that for Bravely I feel like that's <laughs> different enough I mean I don't know it could be a huge disappointment like Bravely Second well I, w- I will say and I again anecdotal information I only played a you know a handful of hours of Bravely Default 1 from what I understand about Bravely Default 2 what Moogle no, oh, oh you're just playing, playing. Yeah, um, the um the demo that came out, yep. a bunch of people played it, and many people had a lot of problems yeah, with it. Yeah, I heard, but that was the demo, right? Yeah, so like so the and stuff and the hope is that they have fixed whatever yeah, was that was wrong with it. Now, here's glitches. the thing. I played the demo. I don't know what people could have been upset about. Yeah. I like it. It was, mm-hmm. it was a JRPG. It yeah. was it was a demonstration of a battle system, and you know what? The battle system was totally competent. Cool. And from so, what I've heard, really default 2 is supposed to be like a separate Bradley default than the other Bradley default so like i don't need to play story. the first one or i don't need to finish the first one play the second. don't know i can't remember i'll have to get back to you the real question is should we finish octopath traveler first <laughs> <laughs> no i can't do that it's a um, dead world all the dead world that that thief guy dead it's just yeah. no when i say dead world i mean like the npcs are just Car- cardboard pieces that you talk to there's no life in that game oh i also just hated the hunter girl who was like when doth dying yeah. on arrow i was like yo just try too hard like, square oh enix God. stop it yeah, it was lovely. game of thrones um, is over <laughs> and then what was the other thing halo 3 is getting a new map oh yeah cool it's, but it's getting, <laughs> what? yeah what? it's getting it like Halo the, three yeah it's like the first map to come out in like a decade or something but it's yeah. it's in the anniversary edition and not i mean if you're still playing that, that's kind of a cool thing. I would say the the important information here is you should play Super Mario 3D World if you're interested. It's really good. Highly I do want to know what a perfect platformer feels like. We'll play through a level right now. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this week's episode of the TZR Podcast. Thank you, Justin. And thank you, Alex. Thank yeah, it was you, a good. Justin. It was nice to look back since we can't do anything now. Good conversation That's time. Right. Do we do we talk about the devices, video games first? No. Or, oh, damn. I know. Next All time. Right, we'll save it next that's time. A, that's a good pocket topic. Yeah. yeah. Pocket, pocket topic. topic. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay, bye, everybody. Bye.